Boston Bruins head coach Jim Montgomery called Jeremy Swayman the team's best player in a 5-0 win over Nashville on Thursday. But oh boy, did they ever need that power play goal from Patrice Bergeron. Let's get into it on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things Spoked B. Today is Friday, February 23rd, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day. The podcast is free and available on your favorite podcast app as well as on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. If you're on Twitter and Instagram, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. I think I am ooh, 11 shy of 10K. So please help me get there today. All right. The Boston Bruins are officially back on track. They lost four of five around the All-Star break and their bye week, but they've now won two straight on the road. One against a pretty strong team in Dallas the other night. Last night, they beat the Nashville Predators, not uh, at their peak, the Predators these days, but... Patrice Bergeron liked the effort. The last game in Dallas was a playoff atmosphere. And the Bruins didn't play perfectly last night. Swayman kept them in the game with a few key saves. But a great road hockey win and a great road trip. That was witnessed by the Bruins' siblings. And a lot of great content came out of that trip that you can check out on Boston's Twitter feed. A key part of last night's game was a power play goal. Wow, they did it. The Bruins had been on a drought of 0 for 21, but they finally broke through thanks to Captain Patrice Bergeron during their second man advantage of the night. They went 1 for 4 overall, which is... Yeah, 25% power play is pretty decent. Ending 0 for 21 stretch, hugely important. And it was Hampus Lindholm who threaded a perfect feed through the neutral zone to Bergeron. He broke in all alone on Nashville goalie UC Saros, ripped one over the goalie's glove to give them a 3-0 lead at the time. Bergeron said they've had some good movements through the lull, created some momentum out of scoring. You're not always going to score, but at least if you're able to create some chances and give your team a boost, it's a bonus. And 
He said on that play specifically, he was definitely shooting, knowing that there was back pressure coming at him. He wasn't sure where it was or how much time he had, but he didn't want to miss on a good look like that. And credit to Lindholm for setting it up. He had two assists, giving him 200 for his career. Um, Nick Foligno had a nice game as well. A couple assists, including a beauty on Trent Frederick's goal. He assisted on a Derek Forbort goal. Craig Smith got off the schneid with um, a goal that kind of went off of uh, Jeremy Lozon, secret agent. Thank you very much to him for making that happen. So a lot of guys chipping in, a lot of guys contributing, and Brad Marchand also kicked things off with a goal from Patrice Bergeron for his 17th of the season. Per NHL stats, it's the 401st time the duo has factored into the same goal, five shy of the club record set by Ken Hodge and Phil Esposito, and that's probably going to be broken at some point this season. What a combo they are up front. And some other guys have been carrying the load lately. Zaka Pasternak the other night, but Marchand with the goal. Bergeron with, uh, what did he have? A goal and an assist last night. They came up huge for the Boston Bruins. Bergeron's power play goal, I should add, was the 129th power play goal of his career, tying him with Cam Neely for fourth in Bruins history. When it comes to awarding a big bear of the game, we always look at guys who chipped in some hits, a bunch of shots, uh, chipping in all over the ice. I'm going to give it to Trent Frederick. He buried that goal. He had five shots. Yeah, he had a, a penalty, but contributing up and down the lineup for the Bruins. Marchand gets an honorary mention, one goal on three shots. He threw in three hits. Uh, Lindholm with a couple assists, Forbort, some contributions up and down the lineup in this one. But the player that Jim Montgomery pinpointed as their best last night was Jeremy Swayman. We're going to talk about him here in a moment. But first, a quick word about our sponsor today, Built Bar. Now, Built Bar... They are a partner of ours that we've been talking about for quite some time, and rightfully so, because they have found the trick to creating a treat snack that tastes amazing, but is also good for you. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate, but they're healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, and you don't need to wait around to get a box in the mail anymore. You can go to built.com and order a box there, but you can also head to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, get a four box from the Walmart pharmacy, or get a 13 bar box from Sam's Club. So many great flavors to choose from. Check out built.com to get all the details on what they can offer, and then head to Walmart or Sam's Club to get a box of built bars today. Thank me later because they are so very good. Thank you again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. 
We're free and available on all podcast platforms as well as on YouTube, bringing you your favorite team every single day. Jeremy Swayman made 28 saves for his second shutout of the season. Five different Bruins scored. They went 2-0 with the siblings in tow. Keep your bags packed. Come on every road trip, brothers and sisters. Despite the five-goal margin of victory, Jim Montgomery didn't really think the Bruins played their stingiest defensive game necessarily. And he therefore pinpointed Jeremy Swayman as the Bruins' best player in this game. In fact, the Bruins, it was a slim margin in terms of shots, 30 to 28. When it comes to shot attempts, pretty even as well. In all situations, it was 58-54 in favor for the Bruins, 45-39 in favor of the Predators at uh, five on five play. They had the majority of shots at five on five as well. Not as much in terms of scoring chances and high danger chances. The Bruins took the advantage there, but expect the goals in this one fairly close 2.07 compared to 1.86 for Nashville. Montgomery said they gave up a lot of odd man rushes. They didn't weren't on top of their game. And if Swayman wasn't as good as he was, it would have been a tighter game. Some fortunate bounces that went in the net. Like I mentioned, Forbort's goal, Smith's goal, both went off Predators players. And their best player was Swayman because they had a lot of good things. He was patient on his feet, made a lot of good shoulder saves, glove saves, didn't give up any rebounds. He's now made two starts in Nashville, shutouts in both. He made 42 saves back in 2021 in his first game against the Predators. He said it's definitely one you circle on the calendar, fun city to visit, and to share it with his sister Beth made it even more special. They played a great game, really happy with the two points. Hard to get wins in this league, let alone a shutout. It's a team effort. The guys in front of him made it possible. He said, couldn't have done it without them. Well, yeah, that's literally true. You can't play five on no. Beth, for her part, was thrilled to see her younger brother perform so well to close out a memorable road trip for all the siblings. Fun to watch. She's always nervous in the beginning, but once they kept scoring, she was like, all right, we're good. A lot of us felt the same way watching at home. Everyone's great. So much fun, such good vibes for everyone. And that's how we all feel after the Bruins took home these two wins on this Western Conference uh, mini two-game road trip. The Bruins now still firmly in first place in the Eastern Conference. An 806 point percentage plus 86 goal differential. Everybody talks about Carolina being so good. They're only at plus 38. All right. New Jersey plus 41. Bruins plus 86. That's 45 more than New Jersey, who's in second place. Now it's getting a bit interesting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings. Washington right now holds the second wild card spot, but Buffalo and Detroit 
both have games in hand and better point percentages. And the New York Islanders still kicking around as well. They are Boston's opponent tomorrow. And we will tee that game up here in a moment, as well as bring you all the latest when it comes to trade rumors with regards to the Bruins. And first, I want to thank you again so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your daily routine. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. So please do smash that subscribe button. Follow me on Twitter at ENC McLaren if you haven't already. Bruins in action on Saturday afternoon against the New York Islanders. Well, it's not really afternoon, early evening, I guess, with a 5 p.m. start. What are we looking at here? Well, the Islanders 4-4-2 over their last 10 games. They're 25th in terms of goals per game, although Bo Horvat has given them a boost. He's got three goals in his last five games. Matt Barzal with six points. They have exceptional goaltending in Ilya Sorokin. It was Simeon Varlamov who got the start in the last game, a 4-1 win by the Bruins over the Islanders back on January 18th. We're probably going to see Linus Allmark as the Bruins have been going back and forth as of late. Bruins rank third in goals per game. Still number one in goals allowed per game at 2.07. Penalty kill is still the best in the league. Again, I said earlier, a 25% play uh, power play success rate. Pretty good. They're 24.2 for the season, seventh in the league. This is a game the Bruins can and should win. Again, the Islanders in a fight for a playoff spot. They're one point back of Washington. Florida is one point, or they're tied with the Capitals, I should say, one point ahead of the Islanders. But again, you got to look further down because Buffalo and Detroit both have games in hand on all of these teams. And right now, the eighth place team is the Detroit Red Wings in terms of point percentage, followed by Buffalo, Washington, and the Islanders. Now, this morning on the 32 Thoughts podcast, Elliot Friedman mentioned the Bruins having interest in Vladislav Gavrikov and Carson Soucy. I talked about Gavrikov a couple days ago here on the podcast and how the uh, asking price might be a bit too high. Soucy probably could be had for a bit less. He is in the final year of a contract that pays him $2.275 million, I believe. Oh, sorry, $2.75. 28-year-old, he was drafted in the fifth round back in 2013. Similar player, physical, not overly offensive. Nine points in 55 games. Not sure why Seattle would want to trade him unless they're going to add as well on the uh, on the blue line and try to upgrade there. Um, again, 
trade deadline two weeks from today. And there certainly will be lots of talk out there, rumors um, among them here right now. Let's just look at the list. They're among several teams to speak to the Blue Jackets about defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov. The asking price is a first, third, and fourth round pick, according to Chris Johnston of TSN. No thank you. The Bruins are very interested in Blues forward Ivan Barbashev. That I would be into. And I believe he scored uh, last night in a game against... um, Who did they play last night? Anyways, he scored last night. Probably the most attractive winger on the market next to Timo Meyer. He didn't score last night, but he did have an assist, a goal and two assists prior uh, on uh, Valentine's day against the Florida Panthers. So Barbashev, the asking price is believed to be a second round pick and a prospect. I'm all in as long as it doesn't require Mason Lorai or Fabian Lysel. The Bruins have inquired about defenseman Jacob Chikrin, according to Pierre Lebrun. The Bruins, Leafs, and Hurricanes are among the top teams monitoring Timo Meyer in San Jose. That's according to Emily Kaplan of ESPN. And the Bruins are among teams interested in Canucks defenseman Luke Shen. What out of all of that they could possibly do? depends on what they're willing to part with. I would assume a first-round pick would be on the table. I would assume they're reluctant to trade Fabian Lysel. I could see them floating Mason Lorai, although he is a rising prospect for sure. Um, I'm sure they would like to shed some contracts. Mike Riley, Chris Wagner, Craig Smith come to mind. Brandon Carlo, Matt Grizzlick could be in play. I have this pit in my stomach wondering if Jake DeBrusque is going to be in play. If you look at Arizona, do you do a deal that involves, say, Grizzlick or Carlo plus DeBrusque plus something for Chikrin and Lawson Krause? Something worth considering. I don't think that's why they're keeping DeBrusque out of the lineup, but you never know. You never know what Don Sweeney's up to until it actually happens. So, again, two weeks until the trade deadline, a lot of smoke in the air, not much substance at the moment, but whatever happens, be sure to keep it locked to locked on Boston Bruins. And I will be all over that. Now I recently had someone tell me that they weren't interested in hearing my show recommendations, but I don't care right now. I am rewatching succession in preparation for the fourth season that premieres in about a month. One of the most wildly entertaining and best written and acted shows on TV. If you haven't checked that out, do so already. 